Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Boo! Yes, it's the final week of October, which means we have the World Series, college football, the NFL, NHL action, the NBA, UFC, soccer, and let's not forget about that college basketball right around the corner. Since we're almost obliged to have a Halloween commercial, let's make it a scary good one. Until midnight on October 31st, no costume is required to get a 31% discount on one all-access package of your choice at both Wager Talk and Sports Memo using coupon code BOO31 at checkout. This coupon will save you over $12 on a one-day all-access that includes any 5% plays. And it'll also save you over $18 off a three-day all-access. Or why not go big and save over $90 off a 30-day all-access? Or perhaps take over business for the next year by saving over $600 with a 12-month all-access package. Coming out to just $3.77 per day for the next 365 days. Coupon code BOO31 expires at midnight on Halloween. But remember to use it wisely as this coupon can only be used once at Wager Talk and once at Sports Memo. For my friend and I, happy Halloween. Welcome to Wager Talk TV. This is stoppage time. I am Carmine Bianco. We are uh, we are getting ready for the EPL edition. Another week of Premier League or weekend of Premier League soccer. We're going to look at three big games on the schedule. We're going to do the early morning Saturday game, Leicester City, Man City, and then we're going to um, Graham Potter heading back to Brighton for the Brighton Chelsea game, and then Man United and West Ham on Sunday. With me from wagertalk.com, it's Nick Borman and the returning Kevin Dolan. We missed him on Tuesday, but he is back. And, of course, Mr. Prop Man himself, Pablo Slagaretos. Boys, men, gentlemen, Thursday. I'm looking forward to it. A big. This is a big weekend in, in, in uh, football in Europe. There's a lot of games that I like. I'm hoping that you guys have zoned in on some games and um, – it's been a pretty good week, at least for me, uh, in Champions League, 5-0 and across the two days. Nick, how do you like that Liverpool team? Congratulations on a 5% winner and a very good soccer day overall for you. Yeah, I was pitching you guys in, the, in our text uh, throughout that first half because Ajax looked like they were going to 
kick the teeth in, and all of a sudden, all uh, everything righted itself, and Liverpool took over and won that game pretty easily uh, by the end. So it was a nice five percent winner. Four and zero day yesterday uh, was one and one on Tuesday. So five and one, not quite as good as the five and zero you've had. You had Karm, but uh, still very, been a very very good Champions League season thus far. Unfortunately, today is Europa, and I suck at Europa. Just a forewarner for all the viewers out there. I do have two plays up, but, uh, you know, I don't love them. Pavlos, if you're going to look at uh, Europa plays, go to Pavlos. For some reason, that guy seems to understand what the hell's going on with these mid-level teams that I just don't get at all. So go buy Pavlos' plays, not mine. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome, Pavlos. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. In the ebbs and, in the ebbs and flows of, <laughs> uh, of this sport, in any sport, when you're, you're wagering on them, Five and zero, oh, five and one. We'll take those any day of of the week. And uh, very, uh, very good job on you using the reverse mush of, yeah, I hate Europa League. <laughs> right. And then Nick goes like seven and zero, oh, and then we have to like mute him in our chat. Um, Kev, before I go to Pablo's, uh, how you doing? Yeah, all good. I completely agree with what Nick said about Europa League. I have no place up tonight for that very reason. Uh, I'm steering clear of that competition, at least till we, you know, maybe get to the knockout round. But uh, yeah, I took Tuesday, Wednesday off, but had a really good weekend in soccer and college football combined. Uh, gave a little bit of that back on the Miami Turkeys over the NFL on Sunday, unfortunately. But really happy with how things are going right now overall. Um, and as you said, looking forward to a uh, big week in soccer this weekend as well. Yeah, let me tell you, uh, and I know this is a, a European football show, but the American football last weekend was rough on a lot of people um, in the NFL. Uh, a few surprises. The survivor pools at Circa took a huge hit. They've only got, they started that survivor pool, which with, has like a thousand dollar entry and 6,133 people and we're what seven weeks into the NFL season I think there's um, less than there's less than 200 left I think there's only 125 people left in the survivor pool that tells you how bad over 6,000 people eliminated uh, in, uh, in, in the survivor pool it's just been a bloodbath for some of the big teams or the popular ones going down and not only just not covering but not winning the games outright Pablos, I know you're not a survivor guy, but you are a guy who's usually on a yacht somewhere at least once or twice a, a year. How, how's your soccer going? Well, fun fact, I did register for, just for fun for the first survivor, you know, the series where they send you to an island back in 2004 <laughs> as a joke, and uh, I, I almost got picked. So, But anyway, uh, soccer has been really kind. I won a 5% with Sevilla on Tuesday. Uh, yesterday, I just had a couple of plays, uh, both losses, but, uh, you know, I had both teams to score uh, and over two and a half goals in Liverpool versus Ajax. I, you know, Ajax uh, just uh, dragged me down. But uh, I love this Europa and Europa Conference League plays, guys. Uh, nine and four in the last three weeks. I have 4% uh, best bet on the sides, 4% best bet on the totals and a five pack. So, get over at my page. I have also <clears throat> play loaded uh, for tonight's matches and... Uh, I'm super excited. I want to. I want you know you guys to make some money uh, as we head into a heavy betting weekend. And then of course, um, in less than a week, we have match day six in the Champions League, where there's all kinds of uh, uh, interesting matches going on. Um, very good, Pablo's. And I've got three plays up in Europa League. A couple plays up in NHL uh, for tonight. And they have uh, Wager Talk uh, has that promo going, guys. Boo 31, B-O-O 31, where you get 31% uh, off uh, any all-access package, everything from one day 
up to one year. So uh, take advantage of that if you can. I believe you can use that code once over at both sites yeah, at Sports Memo. So you can take advantage of Pablos and his <clears throat> Europa League winners as well. Uh, with that said, guys, let's get right to it. Uh, let's have a look at the first game. This one is the the dreaded early morning uh, Premier League fixture that we always uh, talk about having some weird results. It's Leicester City and Man City. The odds on this one, Leicester City plus 880. The draws plus 511. Man City uh, minus 357 in this one. Nick, I'm going to go to you, but I'm going to quickly give my lean on each game that we cover. One of my favorite plays all year has been with this Man City team of taking Man City win and over three and a half goals. Um, you're not going to find Man City in over two and a half. Even if you could, you'd have to pay about two minus 250 on that or more. But Man City to win and over three and a half is plus 140. I like this play. Um, I think we're going to see some goals in this one. Um, I get it. Leicester City um, uh, found a way of shutting down Man City, I think, in, in the uh, Community Shield 1-0. It's not going to be this type of game. They've been playing a lot better, and they've been playing a lot better because they are attacking and scoring goals. Now, that might not be the best way to play against a Man City team that can beat you up, but um, they're going to have to, in, in this game, uh, open it up a little bit. City played in Champions League, but they rested quite a few players in that one, including Kevin De Bruyne. They took off Erling Haaland just after halftime, the 46th minute. So um, they took a, they're, they're looking forward to this game here. I'm, I see some goals, Nick. Uh, that's my play. Tell us what you got and whether you agree. Well, as you probably already know, Carm, uh, Man City is 6-0 and at home this year and 6-0 and to the over three and a half goals. So that kind of play seems like a very good one considering Man City got over that number in five of those six themselves. So uh, I'm looking at it uh, a little differently, still on the Man City side. Uh, I don't love the full game number. It's minus one and three quarter goals right now. I think Leicester's Good enough to give uh, City some trouble in this game and, you know, perhaps keep it to a one-goal loss or, or maybe two goals. And, of course, that's only a half winner, so I'm not really thrilled. If it was minor, minus one and a half, I'd be more inclined to look at City full game. But I'm looking at Man City on the halftime line, uh, similar to what I did with Arsenal uh, last week. We, we did this show, and, you know, they've won seven of their first 11 first halves this year. Um, and with City, I seem to be doing pretty well with them right now. I got a good read on them. I was right uh, during the Champions League run, taking the under in their Dortmund match. Of course, that, that finished nil-nil. Um, but I think City's going to rebound, get their goals. Leicester's defense has pretty, been pretty awful this year. They're bottom half of the table in, in basically every uh, defensive category that uh, you can measure this year. And offensively, they really haven't been that much better either. They were they ranked number 17 in expected goals, uh, 1.02 per game, number 16 in shots, 10.7. And that leads them to a minus 0.4 expected goal differential, which ranks 13th. City, I mean, what do we really have to say? They're number one in just about every category uh, this year, and they're going to win this game. It's just a matter of how you know tight and how close Leicester can keep this thing. Another good thing for, for City is is everything is settled in their group. They don't really have anything to worry about for Champions League coming up uh, next week. Uh, I'm sure Pat will still put out a decent lineup just because it is Champions League and he, and, he, and he wants to win the games. But that entire group is decided uh, as it stands right now. Nothing can change. So he doesn't have to worry about that as a look ahead. Um, but I think this is going to be a straightforward Man City win. Perhaps Leicester just can't, you know, plays enough defense or at least gives them enough trouble to keep it closer 
Um, but I still like them on the first half line, which is minus 140. All right, Nick Barman of wagertalk.com with his thoughts. Pablo's going to go to you next on this one. Nick talked about them being um, perfect at home uh, with six wins uh, and going over that total each and every time. Maybe not so much on the road. Uh, at Liverpool, 1-0 uh, loss. They did take care of Wolves, 3-0. But you look at some of the other games, Aston Villa, 1-1. At Newcastle, 3-3. Um, is, th- is this where they... they th- is this where they put their foot down and start with some great road form? Well, there's a lot of things to, to say about this match, and I'm going to try to keep it uh, short and simple. Now, Manchester City, don't look now, but they won just uh, 33% of their away matches so far in the season. Just three wins in nine away matches uh, across all competitions. And wins came against uh, Wolves, Sevilla, and West Ham. Now, um, Leicester, they've, they've did something miraculous to shape up that defense. Uh, so far, you know, they were really, really bad uh, up until very recently, but uh, cleans it against Wolves, who, yes, they can't score goals, cleans it against Leeds, cleans it against Crystal Palace, cleans it against Nottingham. Yes, teams from the lower, uh, you know, lower half of the league table, uh, of the bottom half, but still uh, something is working in that defense. Now, when you look historically in matches between the two sides in this venue, uh, 10 of the last 11 went under three and a half goals, and... Manchester City on the road, they've been really quiet lately. Uh, each of the last four had under three and a half goals. And, um, you know, I, they, we saw reports that both Haaland and Joao Cancelo were uh, substituted due to, due to illness uh, or something like that. I was reading what Pep said, and I'm not sure about the status of both players. Uh, I don't see anything on Cancelo. He's probably going to be back there in the lineup. But Haaland is still considered as questionable. I don't really know what's going to happen, but still, uh, I think uh, I didn't really, really like, uh, to be honest, Manchester City in the last two matches against Dortmund. Uh, we, we, we discussed it. We discussed that match in, uh, on Tuesday's show. We said that Pep is not really going to go with the draw, but he went for the, for the draw. I, you know, I don't really love what I saw from Manchester City in that second half. I didn't really like them in the second half against Brighton. All things considered, I think uh, there is a very good chance we'll see under three and a half goals. I'm slightly leaning towards the under three and a half goals at minus 125 here. All right. Pablos disagrees with me. That's that's fine, Pablos. It, it, it's Just good. a little bit. Um, uh, what would this show be if if we had four guys all agreeing on the same thing? Kev, you're going to get the last word on this one. Uh, as a big Brendan Rogers fan that you are, I think his job is now secure as they're, they've got some W's in the proper column. Uh, now, uh, when you look at this, um, as, as Pablo's mentioned, uh, he's found a way to, uh, to, to keep the reins on, on City when they visit uh, King Power Stadium. Um, here's another option for you. If you think that, uh, and we talk about these early games, Kev, that they somehow have the weirdest of, of results, is what about both teams to score and over two and a half goals at even money? Yeah, that's possible. But obviously the craziest result in this one will be nil-nil because we just wouldn't expect <laughs> that. And as you said, look, these fixtures... You know, we remember a couple of seasons ago, West Brom was a 5-2 over Chelsea. Uh, Forest beating Liverpool last week. Uh, the Leicester Crystal Palace. Um, you know, I expected goals in that one. That was nil-nil. So the, these early kickoffs always kind of throw up, <laughs> you know, uh, mm. results you just wouldn't expect normally. 
Um, so I agree with Pavlos in this one. Um, I lean towards the under as well. We've seen these two teams obviously combine for some absolutely, you know, eye water on final scores over recent seasons. You know, six three last year, five two the season before as well. Um, with everything we know about Leicester's season-long defensive numbers this year, you would assume that's going to be the case here again. But we all know how good this Manchester City team have been defensively this season. Number two in overall defensive scoring, number two in goals allowed from open play. They're number one in defensive XG as well. And, you know, so on. Um, you know, as Nick said, they're pretty much number one across the board in terms of stats. But, you know, as you guys said, Leicester have also turned a corner. No team has allowed fewer goals than Leicester have over the month of October so far. They're allowing just 0.4 goals per game to opponents this month on average. The defensive XG rating has jumped from a season-long 15th all the way up now to 5th in the league. They've kept three straight clean sheets at home now as well. And they face a team in Manchester City. Look, we all know they're arguably probably the strongest team uh, on the planet right now. But uh, Pavlos mentioned that they've only won two of their last eight away games overall. Uh, going back to last season, they come off three scoring blanks over the last three road starts as well for the first time since Pep took over back in the 2016-2017 season. So I'm going to, as I said, agree with Pavlos. I'm going to take a piece of the under three and a half goals in this one on Saturday. Um, possibly a little bit of pizza money on that nil-nil um, because it would be kind of the craziest scoreline you would expect from these two teams. But I do believe we see a lower scoring game than probably what many people expect in this one. All right, Kevin Dolan at wagertalk.com. And when we talk about these early 7.30, this is obviously 7.30 a.m. Eastern time, but it is the early early fixture uh, in England. But uh, all you have to do is look at last Saturday's game. You had Liverpool coming off a win over Man City. And what do they do? They lose 1-0 to Nottingham Forest. So sometimes we see some really weird results in the, the first match of the weekend. Uh, all right, guys, let's hit a uh, second game on the card. This is Brighton and Chelsea. The odds on this one, Brighton plus 190 at home. The draw is plus 230, and Chelsea is plus <clears throat> 151 uh, in this game. Uh, Kev, I'm going to go right back to you on this one. Um, normally, when I'm thinking about Brighton, I'm thinking about a team that is uh, plays extremely well defensively, um, low score lines for this team. But I just have a feeling the fact that Chelsea's coming to town with, uh, obviously, their former manager, Graham Potter, that we're, we might see some goals in this one. Brighton has played well uh, at home this season. Uh, and they're trying to uh, to find their style under uh, Roberto De Zerbi. I just think we're going to see some goals here. And the over two and a half is plus money. Uh, I'm willing to take the uh, a shot on the over here. And maybe we see some goals in this one. So uh, I'm looking at over two and a half plus money as my play on this one. Give me your thoughts, Kev. You could be right, Carmine. I like the side a little bit more um, in terms of a prop bet. Um, because, look, I'm expecting an extremely, you know, close game here on Saturday between these two. You know, Potter's only been out the door Brighton just over a month. So, you know, I'm sure the fans down the sunny south coast will give him a warm reception on this one um and we can point you know to the other side um you know the Zerbi has yet to win a game since taking charge of brighton but that would be a disservice when you put it like that you literally couldn't have asked for a more punishing schedule you know than the one he inherited over his first few weeks in charge of the club you know tottenham 
Liverpool, Manchester City, now Chelsea. I mean, in fairness, he's he's run an absolute gauntlet over that time frame um, in charge of Brighton, but they've been competitive in the majority of those games. Um, so he's doing a really good job there. Um, and I think it'll be the same story here. You know, despite Brighton's winless record uh, since the Serbians took charge, they still rank sixth in the league on overall expected points over that time frame. Um, two places ahead of Chelsea, it must be said. So this is definitely no gimme game by any stretch here this weekend. Um, an outright draw wouldn't surprise me in the slightest here either. I definitely believe Brighton have the capability to get something from this game. But, you know, looking at the table overall with a win here on Saturday, despite their game in midweek against Salzburg, uh, Chelsea have the opportunity to go third here in the table on Saturday. Leapfrog. Tottenham in the process, you know, London rivals. So that's going to be a major priority for this club now. Major priority for Potter, obviously, too. Um, especially after wrapping up qualification to the knockover in the Champions League in midweek as well. So I just believe Chelsea will have just about enough to get over the line in this one. Um, you know, and what I, as I said, I expect to be an extremely competitive game here on Saturday. So I'm going to take the big price and the Chelsea winning margin prop on this one. Uh, that's Chelsea to win the game by exactly one goal. That's going off at a mammoth plus uh, mammoth plus three fifty um, this weekend. I really like that price. I don't see Chelsea winning this game by margin if they do win the game at all. You know, Brighton are still an extremely difficult team to beat, especially at home. They're playing really well under the Zerbi, as we said. So, you know, if Chelsea do win here, it'll likely come by the slimmest of margins. So, uh, yeah, Chelsea for me by exactly one goal. That's the winning margin prop here on Saturday, plus 350. I really like that price. All right, uh, Kev. And, and I actually like that result as well, too, because it would fit into what could very well happen in this game. And because I see this as a 2-1 scoreline. Chelsea 2-1 exact score is plus 1,000 or 10 to 1 on your money. The, the Brighton 2-1 scoreline is plus 1,100 or 11 to 1 on your money. Pablos, I always go to you after I throw out an exact score. Can we see a 2-1 scoreline here for Chelsea? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Yeah, yeah, I love them both. Uh, of course, I love Chelsea's 2 1. Uh, even more than Brighton's 2-1. And I just have to say that uh, the Zerbi, you know, I, I said uh, some stuff about him before. He The, the play style that he he likes is, uh, is is very close to what Graham Potter used in Brighton. And that's why they 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 hired him. He did a great job with uh, Sassuolo. Keep in mind that Sassuolo were a team in the Serie A that were, did not really have a lot of talent, but they somehow managed to get the job done. They... they Gave a hard time to even the biggest uh, sides in the in the Serie A, and we saw if you remember Sassuolo from uh, two three years ago, they they were the epitome of both teams to score and over two and a half goals. They this Sassuolo side went to Roma, to Inter Milan, to AC Milan, to Juventus. They always found goals. And uh, another thing that points me towards both teams to score because that's what that's what my play is here uh, is the fact that uh, four of uh, the last five four of the five actually uh, Premier League matches between the two sides in this venue had both teams to score. Um, 
Uh, Brighton, as Kevin said, have shown a great fighting spirit since uh, the Derby uh, took over. A 3-3 draw against Liverpool. They lost at home to Tottenham by 1-0, but it was a match where they were really, really good and they deserved at least a draw. Uh, then, of course, against Manchester City last week, which I had Manchester City uh, minus two. I didn't expect them to put up such a fight and they were really, they were actually the better side in that second half and they could have uh, easily damaged them more. So, uh, this Brighton side... Uh, not, you know, not a lot of talent there, but uh, uh, the Derby is continuing um, Graham Potter's work, and I think they they will be able to at least be competitive against Chelsea. So in my eyes, this match starts at 1-1. So I like both teams to score minus 125. Don't care who wins. Hopefully it's Chelsea, you guys. Uh, if you like the over, yes, Chelsea by two to one. Then everybody's happy, unless Nick has something else to say. <laughs> Well, even if he does have something else to say, 2-1 Chelsea hits my my over 2.5-plus money. So I, I'm good with that one. But, um, Nick, listen, Brighton had a, a very good start to the season. Uh, and I get it might look like they're struggling of late. Um, You've you got uh, three draws – sorry, two draws in there, three losses in their last five. But, you know, they're obviously their strength of schedule is, is much better or is much tougher. Man City, Liverpool, Tottenham. Uh, those are teams where it's tough to get a very good result uh, against. Um, and now they got Chelsea coming to town. Um, any revenge factor in here? Is the, does that even enter into your thoughts on breaking this down? Or are you going like strictly XG here? Uh, well, yeah, that's always got a, a factor to it. For me in this game, uh, I'm kind of looking towards uh, not seeing many goals because that historically has kind of been the, the play here. Um, if we take a look at some numbers on the season for both of these teams, I wanted to do this graphic without names uh, next to the these numbers, and I'm, I'm sure almost everybody would say, oh, yeah, Chelsea's in the bottom there. They got all the better numbers across the board, but obviously that is not the case. And we know the story of this, you know, call it a tale of two seasons, if you will, with, with Chelsea and, and Tuchel being there before. Uh, but really they haven't, um, they haven't done you know, anything crazy, and their defense just hasn't performed as, as we've gotten used to seeing them. And, of course, Brighton. Result-wise, has uh, struggled a little bit more lately playing some of the biggest teams in the league, but they are still putting up solid metrics behind those scenes, and it you know it just speaks to that the players on the field um, are, are very solid with Brighton, and there's a reason they are uh, where they are in the table, and I think they'll continue to stay there as the season goes on. It's a, it's a matter of time before um, you know the players get comfortable in the new management and, and get used to that style, with Potter obviously being gone. So to me, I like the under here, and the biggest reason I like the under here is the, I guess, call it familiar familiarity factor. Uh, you know, Pot, Potter knows Brighton. Brighton knows Potter. Does that kind of does, do both teams use that knowledge uh, to try to take away the tendencies of each other? And and I think so. I mean, I, I think it would be a mistake for either side to overthink that and try to re reverse psychology that and change what they've been doing. Um, it started to work, obviously, for Chelsea, and, and they're getting used to playing with Potter. So Brighton knows Potter better than ever. I, I said this this kind of thought with Holland playing uh, against Dortmund in both Champions League matches, and you know uh, they did a great job, uh, Dortmund did, at controlling Holland because they know how to, how, to, how, to, how to, he likes to play and how he likes to set up. And I think this is kind of similar in the fact that they, they're, there's too much familiarity here that there's not going to be a leg up from one to the other, and I think they're going to take away the, the what each team likes to do. So I, I feel like this is going to be a stale play kind of a game in the midfield where neither team really gets a lot of 
attacking chances in the other team's third that's going to just kind of play out to a slower scoring game. 1-1 is fine, Pablos, if we uh, want to cash your ticket as well. Uh, but I just don't mm-hmm. see the goals in this game historically. Uh, it has stayed under five of the last six under the total. Probably doesn't mean much for this particular one, but it is no doubt something that's there. So I like under here. I think it's going to be tough playing uh, in that midfield, and I think both both teams might over, maybe overthink themselves a little bit in this game and, and take away really any scoring threats. But under under in this one for me, guys. All right, and Nick Borman at wagertalk.com. Guys, I completely whiffed after the first game of Man City. I was so excited getting to this Chelsea game that I missed the recap on the screen. Kind of like Mahrez missed that penalty against Dortmund. But here are the leans <laughs> for the Man City game. I am on Man City and over three and a half plus 140. Nick is on Man City, first half money line. Pablos and Kevin both on the under three and a half. So some differing opinions on that one. The Chelsea recap uh, for you guys is up on the screen. Is There it is. I am on the over two and a half plus 105. Nick on the under. We're going mano a mano on this one, Nicky. Uh, Pablo's both teams to score. I don't care who wins, minus 125. And of course, Kevin has Chelsea winning by uh, exactly one goal at plus 350. And Kev is really good with the score line finishing 2-1. Because uh, I get there as well, too, and he gets to stick it to Nick one last time. All right, guys, <laughs> let's look at the final game on today's card. Man United and West Ham. This one goes on a Sunday. Man United minus 143 in this one. The draws plus 300. West Ham plus 379. Cristiano Ronaldo uh, back in the lineup. We're back with the team. Will he feature in this game? Remains to be seen. For this one, Pablos, I'm going to go to you first on this one, but uh, this might look like a square pick again. This time I've got to lay a little bit of juice. I like the over in this one. I think West Ham is playing better. I think they, they I think they will score in this game, so this could be another one of those both teams to score over two and a half, but I'm just going to go for a straight over in this game. Two and a half, minus 125. I don't care who wins. Pablos, give me mm. your thoughts. Well, that was actually the match uh, that really troubled me the most. Uh, and there are several uh, reasons because for, for, for it troubling me. First of all, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, he's going to be back in the lineup for tonight's uh, Europa League match, um, as Ten Hag said. And there is now a problem with Varane. He's now injured. He's, he's going to be out until the World Cup. And I, I just saw that uh, Ten Hag recently announced that um, Maguire and uh, Aaron Wan-Bizaka, uh, the right back, are back in training, along with uh, Donny van de Beek. Now, this spells danger for me. I think he's, he's actually considering using uh, Maguire in the starting lineup. And if, if so, I'm, I'm not betting anything on this match. Actually, I'm, I'm probably not going to bet anything. This is my weakest lean. Uh, to be honest, from the from the picks in the show, uh, I just have to take the under here. In my perspective, um, each of the last four matches for Real for uh, Real Madrid, no, for uh, Manchester United were unders, and West Ham on the road they're really really constipated. I think they've only got uh, just a couple of unders, uh, just a couple of overs, and th- those are in the Conference League. All the other matches, especially in the EPL, just one over out of uh, six away matches. So, uh, I'm I'm, in, I'm really. I'm not sure what defensive lineup uh, this Manchester United will use, but that is going to be a game changer, a game breaker, or whatever you want to call it, uh, for me on uh, Sunday. Uh, so before I see the lineups, I'm not touching anything in this match. Pre-game, 
I just slightly leaning towards the under two and a half goals minus uh, 125 uh, because I think that West Ham, yes, as I said before, they're playing really, really solid defensively on the road, sometimes at the expense of goals. While this Manchester United defense has been really good lately, but now they're missing one of their key players, uh, Rafael Varane, and I'm not sure who's going to substitute him. So if I see Maguire there in the lineup, I'm staying the hell away. If Maguire is not in the lineup, maybe I'll... I, I will end up uh, shooting for the under two and a half goals here. All right, Pablos. Nick, listen, man, on this show, of all the years of doing stoppage time uh, for Wager Talk TV, I've used a lot of different phrases uh, to describe teams, some of them good, some of them bad. I've never used the word constipated like Pablos <laughs> just did. So uh, with that said, Nick, give me your thoughts on this one. Well, I'll say to Pablos uh, that I think we know what the lineups are going to be for Man United for the most part. We know Ronaldo's not going to be playing in the Premier League game. He's not going to be starting. Uh, we know that Maguire is not going to feature either. It just hasn't been the case, and there's no reason to change it. They're actually getting good results, and I just don't, unless something, you know, injury happens, I don't see any of that changing. So I'm, I'm more confident than he is in, in who, these, uh, who these lineups are going to be or what these lineups are going to be come game time. Um, if you look at the, you know the, the teams, their numbers this year, you're basically going to see kind of the exact opposite uh, from one another. United has been better across the board on you know every offensive category, and West Ham has been better across the board in every defensive category. So it's kind of a battle of uh, one strength versus the other. The one thing that has been true is West Ham, uh, because of that defense and just because their offense hasn't been that that stellar, is that they are playing to a ton of unders, uh, two and ten is their over-under record against whatever their uh, their particular line was in, in those matches. So that tells me a lot of just how they're going to be playing. The history between these sides has trended towards the under. you got six of the last eight staying under the total, including five straight in Manchester. Um, and I think, you know, this one is going to be – I agree with Pavlis. This was probably the toughest one for me to as well try to figure out um, heading in here. But – uh, I, I like the under. I don't see a lot of op or a lot of opportunities for either either team here. Um, I would have to give the edge to United as far as a side goes. I mean, their form is very good. Their confidence seems to be very very high right now. They're playing the best soccer of the season. You cannot ignore the results at home. Been very very good, and they've had a brutal schedule. Tottenham, Arsenal, Liverpool. They already beat there. Uh, they settled for draws versus or a draw versus Newcastle. And they lost that very first game versus Brighton. But we know both of those teams are very good and. And actually, as I'm kind of saying this right now, I'm realizing that they probably have had the toughest home schedule uh, so far this season. So I don't know, maybe something we all keep in mind as we go into the second half of the season and United push for, I don't know, top four spot, top two spot, whatever it is. They, they probably have a pretty home uh, favorable home schedule coming in, so that might give us some opportunities later. But sorry, I, I digressed a little bit there. I just kind of got excited for a second. But I like, uh, I like the under here. I think West Ham will play... Uh, United pretty tough in this match. United has shown their defense is very, very good at home. They've only allowed two goals in those last four matches, which includes Tottenham, Newcastle, Arsenal, and Liverpool. So that tells me a lot as well. So I don't think there's going to be a lot. Right now, you can get two and a half at a small plus price, uh, or you could get two and three quarters at about minus 125, maybe minus 130, um, which gives you a little extra cushion if it lands on three. But I like the plus price on under two and a half here. All right, best of luck, Nick. And I like the idea of uh, schedule forecasting. I think it's important to look at a team's up, upcoming schedule and you can sort of get a feel for um, whether it is a good one that they can get on a run because you always want to get on a uh, you always want to get on a team 
before they hit that big run and uh, you get priced out of plays. Kev, final word on this one, United, West Ham. Uh, I agree with you, Carmine. Uh, only going to tweak it slightly. Uh, I'm going to look at the both teams to score in this one, uh, around minus 125 here on Sunday. Um, you mentioned West Ham's slow start to the season. It was really slow. Um, but thankfully, you know, at least for Hammers fans, they finally started to find their shooting boots. They've scored in all but one of the last seven games overall heading into this one. Um, they ranked first in overall offensive XG over the course of October as well. So while I did give them a bit of a, a hard time on last week's show before they faced Liverpool in terms of being able to score in that one, um, I said in the breakdown I didn't think they'd breach Liverpool's defence. You know, Manchester United aren't quite at the same level defensively as Liverpool are. You know, they average 3.7 shots per game more to opponents this season than Liverpool do. They've allowed five more goals from open play and set pieces this season as well. So I don't believe it'll be the same case for West Ham here this weekend. Um, I do believe they'll get in the score sheet in this one against Manchester United. And by the same token, you know, I think United can score on their side as well. Um, no team has scored more counter-attacking goals in the league this season than Manchester United have. They have been absolutely ruthless when given space. Um, from the back to go forward in those kind of situations. And they've scored in all but one of, one of their home games um, this year as well. So, you know, with both of these teams ranking top seven in the league right now and overall, you know, offensive scoring over the month of October, I just see more goals in this one as well. So I do prefer the both teams to score personally over the over 2.5, you know, mainly because I don't see either of these teams, you know, gaining separation, you know, winning the game by margin. Only one of the last seven head-to-heads between them has seen a winning margin of greater than one goal. So if this game goes over the total, it'll very likely be because both teams have found the back of the net. So, yeah, give me both teams to score in this one. Uh, for me, between West Ham and Manchester United this weekend, minus 125. All right, let's 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 have a look at a recap of the plays uh, and the leans on this one. I am taking over 2.5, minus 125. Nick is on the under. We're going mano a mano yet again. Uh, Pablo's under two and a half. Uh, both guys will not be on next week's show. And Kevin has both teams <laughs> to score minus 125. Kev, you'll be there if it finishes 2-1 for one of these two teams. Um, all right, let's get into our best bet segment, guys, as we're running short on time. Nick, I'm going to go over to you first. You're looking at a Premier League game for this weekend. Tell us what you got. Uh, this, I think this is my first time. Maybe, maybe. I think it's my first time back in Bournemouth uh, this year, and I'm not that excited about it, to be honest, just because, you know, I don't like Bournemouth, but uh, I really think this is a tough spot for Tottenham. Um, we all know what happened in their Champions League match uh, with Sporting, Kane scoring in the 96th minute, only for VAR to take it away in that very close offside call. The emotional drain that team just kind of went through in those, well, I don't know, span of a minute or two, whatever. Connie, Conti, of course, went crazy, got sent off with that red card. Um, that win was crucial. It would have secured their spot in the knockout rounds, but now the entire group is still up for grabs. Tottenham sit uh, on top with eight points. You got Sporting and Frankfurt at seven and the Marseille at six. So everything is on the line in that next match. And they, they're going to have to put all their eggs in the basket for that. And I think that sets up uh, Bournemouth to catch them here at the perfect time. Uh, throw in the fact that Bournemouth have been undervalued at home all year. They're four and one against the spread as home dogs. So they have performed very well in these spots. So we're getting three quarters of the goal head start, uh, which, again, I like if they do lose by a goal. Uh, it's only a half loss in the wager. So I like Bournemouth plus three quarters of the goal versus Spurs uh, on Saturday. All right, good luck, Nick. Uh, I hated that goal by VAR getting called back. 
because um, a Tottenham win would have pretty much secured top spot, and I do have a bet on them to win that group. Mm-hmm. Pablos, I'm going to go to you next. You are taking us to the land of croissants, France, in a League <laughs> One game. Yeah, um, before I give you the free play, I have to say that I have a 4% Europa League side of the day and a 4% Europa League total of the day loaded at my page, a Europa League five-pack and a free play also loaded at my page. So browse at my page and you'll see all about it. Now, I'm going to take you guys to France for a match between Strasbourg and Marseille. And um, I'm actually piggybacking on what Nick said about uh, that uh, Champions League group. Uh, where um, Tottenham will host Marseille in that final match of the of the group stage. Actually, Marseille will host Tottenham in that final match of the group stage. And Marseille are sitting fourth in that group. They need nothing other than a win. So this weekend match, uh, it's sandwiched in between Champions League matches. And we all know how dangerous these uh, weekend matches are. Now, Strasbourg haven't been really good uh, so far in the season. Uh, they've won just uh, one match uh, out of 12. They have one win, five losses and six draws. However, at home... Uh, they've been much better than they have been on the road. And um, Marseille, they've been sliding badly. Uh, they've lost four of the last five across all competitions. They have three uh, consecutive losses in the League One, a testament of how um, you know they're viewing the Champions League as their number one priority right now. And with the final match of the group stage coming up in a few days, I would expect them to be at least distracted in this match. So uh, I'm leaning towards uh, Strasbourg on the Pickham line. This has a lot of... Uh, a lot of draw. This match has a lot of draw here, but I just don't see Marseille winning. So, uh, Strasbourg on the pick'em line at plus uh, 110 for me here. All right. Uh, Kev, I'm going to go to you next. You're taking us to Portugal in a Premier League game. Tell us what you got. Yeah, it seems we're all kind of gravitating around that Tottenham uh, game in midweek to a certain degree. I'm going to head over, uh, as you said, to Portugal. I'm going to take Sport and Lisbon minus one goal at minus 125 this weekend against Aroca um, over in Portugal. As we said, they drew 1-1 against Tottenham, as you mentioned, in midweek. They have an absolutely huge game on deck against Eintracht Frankfurt next week as well. But even so... I think the steamroll Aroca this weekend on the road over in Portugal. No team has allowed more goals at home this season to opponents than Aroca have. They've averaged 2.2 goals per game to opponents inside the Estado Municipal de Aroca this season. And they're finding it incredibly hard to penetrate at the other end and attack also. 61% of all their shots this season have come from outside the box. They cannot get into position. So, you know, no other team in the league has put up those kinds of offensive figures this year. So I think this will be a fairly, you know, slam dunk type of affair for Sporting this weekend. I'm going to lay the full goal head start here. Um, I think Sporting win this one by margin. So, yeah, Sporting Lisbon for me, minus one this weekend over in Portugal. Best bet. All right. Best of luck. I'm going to close it out with I found spots to fade Juventus like I did against Benfica in Champions League this week. And then... I will take them when I think they're going to win. This is probably a game that they uh, that they will win and need to win. They're away to Lecce in Italian Serie A, a small number at minus 133 here. And then they have uh, next up for them in the league play will be Inter the following week, and that is not going to be a good result for them, I can tell you that much. I'm going to take Juventus minus 133 here. You can also back this play up with a small quarter quarter unit play on the 1-1 draw. The inter- interesting thing about Lecce here is they've played five games at home. The last four have all finished 1-1, and their only one was a 2-1 loss to open the season against Inter Milan. 
where Inter scored uh, late in that game, the 90th minute onwards, uh, to make it 2-1, or that would have been five straight games at home to open the season at 1-1. And that 1-1 draws pain uh, plus 550. But uh, Juve is the player at minus 133. Uh, guys, we're going to be back next Tuesday with the final match day of Champions League. We'll put our best bets up on the screen for you to see. I've got Juventus minus 133. Nick with Bournemouth plus three quarters of a goal. Strasbourg for Pablos at a pick em plus 110. And Sporting Lisbon laying a goal minus 125 for Kevin Dolan. For myself, Nick Borman, Kevin Dolan, Pablo Sagaretos. We will see you next Thursday, next Tuesday, 10 a.m. for Champions League Soccer. Boo! Yes, it's the final week of October, which means we have the World Series, college football, the NFL, NHL action, the NBA, UFC, soccer, and let's not forget about that college basketball right around the corner. Since we're almost obliged to have a Halloween commercial, let's make it a scary good one. Until midnight on October 31st, no costume is required to get a 31% discount on one all-access package of your choice at both Wager Talk and Sports Memo using coupon code BOO31 at checkout. This coupon will save you over $12 on a one-day all-access that includes any 5% plays. And it'll also save you over $18 off a 3-day all-access. Or why not go big and save over $90 on a 30-day all-access? Perhaps take over business for the next year by saving over $600 with a 12-month all-access package coming out to just $3.77 per day for the next 365 days. Coupon code BOO31 expires at midnight on Halloween, but remember to use it wisely as this coupon can only be used once at Wager Talk and once at Sports Memo. For my friend and I, happy Halloween.